Welcome to Between Sets. On this episode, we recap our interview with USA Weightlifting CEO Phil Andrews and discuss the possibility of implementing some of the strategies employed by the USA and the difficulties we may face while trying to replicate their success. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, big hello and welcome to another episode of Between Sets with Daz and Simon. I don't know if there's any point mucking around. I think we should get straight into it today. Daz, what did you take away from our uh, little ch- the other day? Yeah, Phil was a great bloke. Um, very easy to talk to. And the thing I got best from him um, and the thing that I think everyone needs to take away is the attitude. Attitude towards promoting the sport and wanting the best for their lifters. And the best for their lifters, not the best for themselves. I couldn't agree more, mate. Couldn't agree more. And um, yeah, how do you how do you think we go about this? Because I've had a fair bit of feedback uh, from some of my athletes that have listened to it, some people in in the community, and I think some of them were missing the major points that sort of Phil was getting at there. Um, I enjoyed where he basically called us both out on some of our mindsets and how we're working around it, but. I think everyone's missing this main point of the change doesn't have to come from the top. It can start all the way at the bottom. Yep. And I, I think, like Phil's saying, it needs to start with the clubs. I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on what you think because I know you're doing some great stuff uh, with your with your uh, your company and, and business and it's, um, yeah, it's exciting to hear about that. What do you think we could be doing more of here in Australia? Yeah, I think um, if you if you look at it, there's two there's probably two reasons. There's two aspects to it. There's the athlete aspect, which is the true stakeholder of weightlifting in Australia or weightlifting anywhere, and then there's the organisation organisational aspect. And then um, I get a little frustrated in my opinions because I my opinions are I run my own um, private practice. I don't have a desire to hold a position. Within a, a rugby, within sorry, not rugby, within a weightlifting structure in Australia, um, I don't, I don't cover a um, a coaching position at any level. Um, I just want to do it because I, I enjoy the sport, and I not just weightlifting. I enjoy all sports, and I enjoy like helping people get to their potential. So, I think a lot of people get get lost in they they love to argue about the structure of weightlifting, but the real and then they always mention these words stakeholders and all oh, the stakeholders and and particularly in Australia that the first port of call that everyone whinges about is the states oh, we want to do this but the states won't allow it and all that sort of stuff yep. so for me that's as what Phil said too or alluded to like it's it's a bit of a bullshit excuse like if you want to make change then change has to happen from within as a great Buddhist probably said somewhere <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> change happens from within and that that means your club and the people that you lift with so um there's an internal culture structure so you have to have your club has to have a culture of acceptance participation and supportiveness and supportiveness just doesn't mean its own people it means people outside of it um i can break that down a little bit further so you can yeah, love you to just say you've got a rugby team because obviously I want to talk about rugby. Just say you've got a rugby a rugby yeah. team and that rugby team has a specific culture. That rugby team at the professional level doesn't hate any other team. They've just got a team culture where they train, prepare the best they can to win the most games for each for each other, for their, their uh, fellow players. 
um, at the end of a, at the end of a game of rugby, it's hard fought. It's all left on the field, and then we'll all go and have a beer and, and shake hands and backpats and talk till the wee hours in the morning about how the other team played really well and and all the good things they're doing. Coming into weightlifting, there, there's for sure there's a lot of clubs that that integrate with each other, and there's a lot of clubs that don't. And I don't see it coming from the weightlifters themselves. I see it coming from the people who are in charge of their culture, which is their head coach or their board of directors. Like, so I'm I'm of the opinion where it's got to come back to the the weightlifters themselves. They have to to take control of where they want weightlifting Australia to be. What What do you think? Okay. Well, no, I well, 100% agree. I mean, what what is our primary function uh, as coaches in the sport of weightlifting? So. For myself, I'd say for so the better part of the last you know five years, my only goal is to produce athletes. Uh, if they compete, even better. That was my payoff. You know, I get a national, uh, get an athlete to a national championship. Great, they win at the national championships. Even better. That's my payoff as a coach. And I'd like to. Well, I did pride myself on sort of being one of the weightlifting purists that we might actually be the problem here in Australia. And I like to think that I've changed my mindset on it. Um, obviously, at the start of my coaching, wasn't very welcoming of CrossFit um, until I saw, obviously, the benefits all around. We had better athletes coming into the sport and we had more athletes coming into the sport. And, you know, it gets back to your notion of participation, you know, leads to better things it leads it's the first step on the road to high performance but i, I definitely think we um we, we athletes need to take charge and really mold their environment all right that's that's what's going to that's going to, it's going to be most conducive to great results yeah and what i want to know is because i come from a weightlifting club and I, I mean, genuine weightlifting club. That's that's all we've been. That's probably all we're ever going to be. But in recent times, we've been giving of all types of athletes. What do you think? Or I need to do at my club, and other people need to do at clubs that are just weightlifting specific. How do we open that door? Because Phil Phil talked about it, right? Just putting bars in people's hands. Yeah. Uh, is is that going to work in Australia? Yeah, I, I totally reckon it is, and I think the the only well, if 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 we if we piece it together, um, other sport, other professional sports excel and improve their best practices by their coaches and key influence people going and learning from other sports. So I know the in the late seventies, uh, Jack Gibson went to the states and studied NFL strength and conditioning practices brought them back to rugby league. Within six months, rugby league players went from an average of 78 kilos up to 85 and just started murdering each other because they were just physically better. And then the game really developed from there. I know that uh, Michael Checker studies every sport he can get his hands on um, in terms of looking for best practice. So in weightlifting with the purists, I think there is a little bit of an attitude that they own the snatch and the clean and jerk and no one yep. does it better than them. Now, that theoretically, that would be true, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't mean that they're the best coach to begin with and, yep. and, and vice versa to me. Like um, I'm successful in coaching 
rugby players, CrossFit players, and other players. But it, I'm just because I'm successful, it doesn't mean I'm the best at it. I'm just successful, and I think as a weightlifting coach, if you can, if you can just go, yep. I know how to lift and, and I've got a certain way to teach the lifting. If somebody turns up to your gym who is stronger, who lifts terribly, but beats all your lifters, then how good are you at lifting, at coaching the lifts? I would, yeah. I, I would argue that you're not great. So if you, if you take the attitude, you're always willing to learn and then like invite people into your club. Um, yeah. Do, would you like some specifics, or what do you think about that? Oh, that absolutely. I'd love some specifics on it. It's, um, you know, because, one, if I'm learning, I'm sure other people are learning. Yeah, so, yeah, well, please. Well, I'm learning too. So elaborate. I got told, yeah. because I wasn't a very good high school student and my PE teachers were all Australian players, I won't <laughs> say their name, uh, <laughs> they, weren't fans, they weren't fans of the Daz. Anyway. Um, yeah, the Daz. Yeah. Because um, I was the Daz back then. I thought I was top shit in rugby. Anyway, us. Uh, participation participation's the key. So what you're going to find and that is that if you're a weightlifting club, you're going to find a CrossFitter who potentially wants to make regionals or, or something or the games um, and they might perceive weightlifting as a weakness for them. So they might come knocking on your door. Yep. The first thing you do is you don't fucking laugh at them. And you don't write them off and you don't say that what they've done till now is shit and all that sort of stuff. You just treat yourself as a paid professional and then you, you take it with this mindset. Somebody's walked in my door, they've asked me for help, I'm going to help them. And that, that is it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. I know that there's a lot of people out there that, that have, and you sort of mentioned it yourself like you had a touch of it, where people were like, oh, well, fuck you. I'm going to show you what real weightlifting is, that what you do when you cross yeah. the gym yeah. bullshit. Like I, I can tell you five crossfitters that would have qualified for nationals right now with yeah. no specific weightlifting training. And with CrossFit coaches who some purists would think were terrible weightlifting coaches, but I think, well, obviously they're all right because they get mm. them. There's, there's multiple reasons why the, the like why a crossfitter generally makes a better weightlifter, and it's because of the notion of the training. There's... there's um, multiple training so then you get into the notion of cross training which was really big in late 70s early 80s about if you want to get good at tennis go learn golf if you want to get better at golf go learn badminton all that sort of thing because you're using <laughs> yeah. you're using different muscles and different movement patterns technically you're moving you're developing the supportive muscles so when you come back to using your major major muscles muscles for your particular sport you're going to be better because the the supporting tissue is stronger so that's generally why cross training is successful and that's generally why crossfitters are better weightlifters as as a whole just because they can handle more volume because they're stronger doesn't mean they're better no. they're, just, they're just stronger so they've got a better base to start with no is that a bit no, so, uh, i love that especially <laughs> one point you you touched on there just one point in particular nothing else uh <laughs> this whole notion <laughs> this whole notion of an athlete coming in and we treat them with the utmost respect yeah, this is that, that. That's this is what I want to touch on. Yeah, a lot of coaches around Australia, I would say the majority of coaches and us weightlifting coaches would be volunteers. Yep. Okay, yep. that's a debate we'll have to go into a little bit later. I would love but, that debate. Yeah, how do we look after someone when they've come in and they say, 
I don't want to be a lifter. I just want to get better at my lifts. I want to learn a little more about the sport. Yeah. How do we look after them the same way we look after another average lifter that says, I am dedicated to this sport. I love this sport. This is all I want to do. How do we do that as a volunteer coach? That is a fantastic question. So if you want the title of coach, you have to go and get fucking educated. You've yep. got to get educated, not just in what you want to know, but in you want to, you need to get educated on the sports that you want to help. So if you want to be a weightlifting coach who is happy to help rugby teams, AFL teams, whatever, then you've got to learn that game and you've got to learn their strength conditioning processes. You've got to understand the demands their body are placed under because teaching somebody from a different sport how to weightlift as a weightlifter is flat chat wrong. It's wrong. You do not lift like a weightlifter in CrossFit, for instance. You don't lift like a weightlifter in rugby, for instance. There's the, the broad strokes of the movement are there, but the demands are different. The angles are different. So you don't place... Um, well, obviously, if they're not a weightlifter as such, you don't treat them as a pure weightlifter. Therefore, you don't have to get them to have 100% perfect technique all the time because <clears throat> they don't need it. They're usually using weightlifting to develop speed and power. So let them develop speed and power. Don't hold them back. So oh, an example, just say you've got like a, a front row forward in rugby league and he comes to your gym and he wants to learn how to power clean yep. properly, you're not going to hold him back from doing a 105-kilo power clean and make him do a 40-kilo power clean for technique. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You might do that for the first 5, 10, 15 minutes while you're drilling something, and then you'll say, all right, right champ, now you've got fucking 10 sets. Let's, let's go ballistic. Let's see what you got. Mm. Now, your job as a coach is to then not teach him technique but to make sure that he's safe. That, yeah. That's the role of the coach. Um. If you so then to bring it back, if you're a volunteer coach, then you yeah you do have to know what what sport they are. So if they're a CrossFitter and they're a volunteer coach, they only need to lift with a specific weightlifting coach once a week, maybe two. Yep. And what are you doing in that? You're actually going to teach them technique. Now you can't do that in a group setting if you've got your rest of your class going on, like your rest of your weightlifters going on. So if you can't do it, how do you justify time? Well, time is money, and you have mm -hmm. to put a premium, no matter no matter how how high or low that is, on your time because somebody wants it. So you know your bills aren't going to pay themselves with a free tub of protein and a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Like you have to earn money, and, and if it's taking away from your your other lifters, then so be it. So for somebody like a CrossFitter, they only need to learn technique once a week. And it's got to be specific for they want. So that a crossman might come to you and say, well, I need to increase my my power clean or my, my jerk sucks. And you're like, okay, how many jerks do you require? And mm. then they'll say, well, I need to increase my 1RM or I just need to get stronger overhead overall. And then there's two dramatically different approaches. So that's, yep. that's a really important thing. Whereas if a weightlifter comes to you and says, yeah, I need to increase my jerk. And it's like, oh, fuck, this is easy money. You watch, yeah. you watch them lift for five minutes and you can suss it out instantly. So yeah. that's that's easy. So uh, even if you are – just say you're a coach and you're not getting paid, you've got to treat yourself as a professional. So if you don't respect what you yeah. do, no one else is going to fucking respect it. So mm. respect yourself by training up and having the CV and the education behind you so you can call some shots. And then once you know what you've got, then you ask questions. Do, do you want your one RM increase? Do you want multiple reps increase? Like, what do you actually want? 
Because yeah. if you if you oh, define well, it, let's... then then they've defined whether they've succeeded or not, and that makes you look like a great coach or not. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, let, let's tie it all in together. So F- Phil's talking about clubs driving these initiatives and and all the success is coming from club level, just translating into the national level. How do we ensure the you know, success of clubs and is money the be-all and end-all here? Do we need to be paying coaches? Are we devaluing our coaches and underperforming because there's no accountability between athletes and coaches? Oh, fuck, mate. That's so many good nuggets of, of leading there. It's amazing. So <laughs> I, I'm I, – I, <laughs> I don't work for free. I can't work for free. This is my career. I'm a strength and conditioning coach across multiple sports. If you want my advice, you will have to pay me. Like that, and it's not because yeah. I'm money hungry. It's because this is actually my profession. Now, because it's my profession and I spend 60 plus hours a week doing it, I'm pretty good at it. So to get my time away from somebody else, then you have to like pay the bill. There's some coaches out there that are volunteer coaches and there's some that are really good and there's some that are really not good. And there's a multitude of reasons for it. And I don't want to rag on anybody who is not a full-time SNC coach or a full-time weightlifting coach. I'm not ragging on anybody at all. But okay. if you're only doing your profession for two hours a day, what makes you better than somebody who's doing their profession 10 hours a day? But, well, and, I mean, the, the, the argument would be just results, wouldn't it? Well, there's, Mark, that, the, that, yeah. that's there's a whole bunch course. of ways. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of ways you can get into it. So it's like, okay, what's your yeah. results? And it's not just results. So just say I have a weightlifter who turns up and he he's from China and his name is Jia yeah. and And he's with me for six yeah. months and then we win the national title with him. Daz is a fucking mm. genius coach. No, Daz has done shit. I yeah. literally just give him a T-shirt. <laughs> and it's like go live for my club, mate. Like, yeah. And and in the same, so so for me, I look at the. There's a whole bunch of KPIs that we use, but we look at where the weightlifter started and and where they're finished. So you can be a really successful coach. None of your lifters have won anything. They haven't qualified for anything. But you've taken them from zero to sixty kilo clean and jerk, or zero to a forty kilo snatch. I think you're a good coach because you've shown progression. You've so you've shown an increase in performance. Um, I think it's super important that coaches have to view themselves as professionals, whether they're getting paid or not. Okay. Super, super important. And you also have to acknowledge, am I doing this, am I only doing this two hours a day or am I doing it 10 hours a day? Yeah. I I sort of got a lot, got a little off track there. Like I, I think like you have to value your time because there is that accountability that you touched on. So I know a lot of coaches like volunteering their time so they don't feel accountable for their lifters' failures. Yeah. Like I fucking know that for a fact and I've even had one guy allude to it. So for me, as a professional coach, all of my athletes' successes are theirs and all of their failures are mine. And the reason is because they're only doing what I've told them to do. And the only time I get to wash my hands is if – We've, if we track and record training and KPIs and they're not doing what I ask, then it's yep. not on me. But every time I come out publicly and say, this person's very disciplined, I'm just putting myself in the shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it's all, all their successes. Like Pip's successes are hers. We lay out a plan yep. and she fucking sticks to it. 
So mm. is it really me doing the hard work? Of course it's not. It's her doing the hard work. The hard work is lifting with, with athletes that are fuckwits that don't do the work. And then it's, and then it's all your yeah. fault when they fail. And it's like, well, fuck, mate. Yeah, you got to do X, Y, and Z. You didn't do it. Yeah. So is, is, it, is it that simple, though? Yeah. Is it like... Yeah, it's real? that simple. <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay, that leads into another a really, yeah. really good point that's been griping me for like three years. Oh, plus, because, and it's not oh, just, it's not just, <laughs> yeah, good. Get some popcorn, everybody. Um, yeah. It's not just a weightlifting problem, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an amateur sport problem. And whereas coaches imply to their athletes that they are now theirs for life. And oh, that is yeah. not the fucking truth. Because who are the real stakeholders in any sport? It's the participants. So just say I'm a fuckwit coach. Name the sport. Doesn't The sport's irrelevant. But I'm a fuckwit coach. And yep. persons come to me and they've only got 10 years of playing time. Now, I recognize this person. Uh, like this person's either got no talent or they've got great talent. And I also recognize that I'm a mediocre yep. coach, mediocre at best, maybe, or I'm the fucking world's best, either way. This person has entrusted me with their limited amount of playing time, which is going to shape their life. They've entrusted the coach. This coach will then fucking make this person indebted to them. You can never leave me. I've made you what you are. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. So straight away, what that does, it tells the shareholders of any particular sport, don't look, at, don't look outside our little bubble. You've already found the magic ticket. Now, when you tell somebody that, yep. it's indoctrinating them that. I mean, pick religion, pick, pick any sort of thing. It's indoctrination and it's wrong because that person will now stop looking outside, stop looking for answers, stop looking for ways to get better themselves then there's the doubt on themselves. Well, fuck, maybe I just saw something on social media and someone's doing this and I can't do that. Yeah. They're either cheating on drugs or they're fuckwits and I don't want to know about it because they've just burst my bubble yeah. of perfect society. Yeah. So you straight away, it's, it's, you're closing off potential to grow. So coaches need to fucking not have that bullshit fucking attitude. So I, my real training comes from, um, well, my, most of my life experience comes from martial arts. I've been doing that for 25 plus years. So if anyone ever wants to walk into my gym and throw down, then let's do it. Like, let's, <laughs> let's see, like not fight, that's from another yeah. time. <laughs> but I mean like oh, hold train. On. So, yeah, yeah. so if, if it's a footy player, it's like, yeah, come on in and see how we train. If it's a weightlifter, come on in and see how we train. Like we've got no secrets and we've got a very open door. And if somebody's doing something better, I will fucking steal it and I'll do it too. I won't just put my blinkers on and say, oh, no, 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 that doesn't work. Well, that's not going to work for you. Like well, how the fuck do you know? Yeah. Let's talk about um, squat jerks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, when's Pip going to start squat training? I, I love him. I love him. <laughs> well, Pip's actually, yeah, no, nah, yeah, another time, another time. Yeah. I'm winding you up, winding you up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's that's the thing. I, I think that's, the yeah, again, you're touching on this amazing point about if someone's doing something better, steal it. Yeah. Is that not is that not why our coaches are so paranoid? And it's sort of a contradiction that you're paranoid about people stealing your methods you're not getting paid for it. Yeah. It's, uh, and, yeah. That your athletes, you know, you don't own them. Like if if they want to go, they're going to go. The only person that really suffers in the end uh, with an athlete leaving, if you don't charge them and you're, you're secretive, is really you as a coach because you're you're not developing. Like um, I've I've heard you before 
talk about, well, yeah, borrowing or stealing um, people's, you know, sort of techniques, but I've heard you credit them and that coach becomes better because you credited them and you become better because you've adapted your style. Yeah. Where where do we draw the line between paranoia and progression? Yeah, I think that, I think it's a very amateur mentality. It's just, it's just like when you just say you go for a job, you've got to list your references. You've got to show your CV, what you've done and who you've learned from. Like whether it's a workplace, yeah. I've learned these skills, I'm qualified in these skills. You've got to do it. Like I don't see, I don't see sport as any different. Uh, I, and if, yeah. we, if we talk specifically about, about weightlifting, because it is still amateur at the moment, it hasn't transitioned to the professional stage, so therefore it hasn't got the professional um, uh, requirements of HR departments and what have you about starting this or getting that job or why did that person get that job it becomes more subjective whereas in a professional yeah. realm it's more objective it's like so if, you know if Daz wants an SMC job Daz has got to list all the all the teams he's worked with all the athletes he's worked with where they started where they finished with him all that sort of stuff whereas uh, with him weightlifting at the moment which is a it's a double-edged sword it's a great thing you can start a club up like almost instantly which is great but then there's also the double-edged sword where you have to, you hope that that person isn't an asshole, and and yeah. and wants to contribute to the community. Excuse me, and wants to contribute to the community. That's super important. Like you can't be scared to have your weightlifters go and visit someone because you're scared that they'll never come back. Yeah. Like fuck it. Like <laughs> if you, because okay, well I've heard this come out of. Every coach's mouth, every coach has said, I just want what's best for the lifters. And I've only yeah. ever seen two coaches actually follow that through. I've only mm-hmm. ever seen it twice. Now, do they really want what's best for the lifter or are they trying to build a little empire for whatever yeah. reason, for whatever reason? So I know with um, if we talk about CrossFit, for instance, and my GCS, GCS training, the consulting side of CrossFit, I am not trying to create an empire. I don't want thousands of people following our program because then I can't get back to them all. I, yeah. Like, so we charge a premium because they'll get a program that has delivered fucking results. And, mm. then, and then there's tiered payment options where they can get more access because I am professional and if you want access, you have to pay for it. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not a... a this is not a passion job for me. I'm very passionate about about sports but I have to get paid for that. Um, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of weightlifters, they, they, if they don't have the success, then they start talking about, well, I've got X amount of lifters in my club, therefore I'm successful. And then I want to lose people yeah. that way. But yeah. fuck, it's, it, it all, all of my arguments come back to, is the lifter happy? And if they're not, let them go. Like one thing I don't yeah. like about and I've noticed about all clubs is that they don't let lifters change after 12 months or within the 12 months. Mm. Like why, why does that really exist? I'm, I'm honestly naive about that. Why does that exist? Well, the, so like you can't change clubs in the, in the 12 months? Yeah. Well, I, I, I honestly don't know, know where it comes from. All I know is it's been around for as long as I can remember. And... Um, to Victoria's credit, um, this year they've sort of abolished that. Okay. I mean, there's still some for, there's still some formality. You know, you have to write a letter. Yeah. Um, and you know the association has to accept it. Yeah. But yeah, we 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 took a, you know a stance and said, yeah, why why is this the case? Why why are we limiting someone's growth potential 
but because they, well, well, for whatever reason, a reason seems to be unknown to most. Yeah. And, and whatever that reason is, like, whose fucking business is it anyway? Oh, exactly. <laughs> like, like I've got experience with athletes yeah. that have that have left, um, not not you know not weightlifting. So don't imply anything. Any any listeners yeah. out there? But in, in the past, I've had experiences where where athletes have left abusive coaches, like physically abusive coaches. Yeah. So if weightlifting, if that scenario happened in weightlifting, they, would, they wouldn't be able to compete for the rest of the year. Like that's that's bullshit. Like you can't you can't fuck with people's lives. You only get so many years to play your sport. Don't put roadblocks on people because that's mm. what turns them away. So just say you've yeah. got a coach and you've just say you live in a particular suburb. Let's call yeah. it let's call it Bonnie Doon. You live in Bonnie yeah. Doon and you've signed up to weightlifting because you just you've seen it on TV, you've seen it on the internet, it looks fucking sick. The dudes are jacked, the chicks are jacked, they just want you just want to pump weight and be a hero. Go for it. Yeah. Sign up Bonnie Doon weightlifting. Oh, After a couple of weeks, the, the head coach cracks onto you. And Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's got a nice personality, but you know, he looks like a fucking he's got a bowler. So yeah. you're not keen on him. But you now can't leave that club. Or you do leave the club, but then you also leave weightlifting. Yeah. Because it could be, you know, two weeks in, you've got fuck, I've got to wait another twelve months, I'll just wait, and then the the passion, the inspiration to sign up is now gone. Mm. Like that's fucking stupid. Like, oh, absolutely. Like let people do what they want. Let people vote with their feet. So it's hilarious how Every now and then, people want to get political yeah. and say, oh, we should vote for this and we sh- should vote for that. It's always the same people that don't want any of their people to see greener pastures. It's, it's always yeah. their own agendas. They never want to see the best for the lifter. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I think there's an, like, there's an overly competitive nature in the sport amongst the wrong people. There's a competitive nature between coaches not for the athletes to do better than each other, but the coaches to do better than each other. Yeah. And and we and I think and I'm guilty of this. I'm happy to put my hand up and go. I was very very protective of my athletes uh, until I had you know first couple of athletes leave. You know whether it was because of my coaching method or they just didn't want to do the sport or for whatever reason. It's heartbreaking yeah. to to see them go. And and you do become protective, but in the long term you realise that. <laughs> Athletes are going to do what they want to do. Yeah. All right. And again, you said it. You said it before. You can give them the best program in the world. Right? You can be the best coach in the world. They don't do the work. They don't get the results. They don't want to do or be, you know, with you as a coach. You, you can't stop them. You can't change that mindset. And I had, you know, someone say to me a long time ago, you know, once they've made that decision, they've made that decision. Yeah. It's it's, there's right. no, there's no point trying to change that mindset. Well, you're right, and that that brings and, up. Um, like- Sorry, man, no, to back you up, that brings up there's, there's got to be um, a, sh- a cultural shift with both the coaches and the stakeholders. And then it's almost like they've got to flip it and have the other person's mindset. So yeah. as a coach, you have to understand that there's better coaches out there or they do one or two things better and you should develop a relationship mm. so, you, so they'll go and teach you that so you can get better yourself. So it's coaching, it's, it's development, it's professional development. Now, sometimes, yeah. like I know for us, like I don't, when someone signs up to our program, Every now and then they'll be like, oh, I just want to learn how to program so I can pass it on to my guys, like my gym members or my club. And I'm like, well, no, I am not teaching you how to be better at coaching. You've paid for a program. If you want to pay for a mentor program, then mm. by all means. But that's expensive because guess what? Yeah. It's, it's career building. So, mm. it's, of course, it's expensive, just like a degree is. 
or a, yeah. a diploma. It's expensive. It's not just I'm going to pay three dollars a day and you're going to teach me everything you know. Go fuck mm-hmm. yourself. That is not how the world works. Yeah. So yeah, coaches need to open up their doors and expand their horizons. But but athletes do as too. So athletes, what we want to do, we want to take away every roadblock that's in front of you to get what you want. We want to take away all those roadblocks. But for fuck's sake, you have to acknowledge that your success is your own doing. It's like you can't blame people. Blaming is bullshit. Mm. Who's the one holding the bar? Who's the one that doesn't turn up for mm. training on time? Who's the one that doesn't warm up properly? Yeah. Who's the one that doesn't cool down properly? All this sort of stuff. So I think mm. everybody in amateur sports, whether it's weightlifting or not, everyone needs to adopt a professional attitude. Like, no, yeah. you can be the best oh. coach in the world and you can't golden handshake a shitty athlete. You can be yeah. the worst coach in the world and you can't golden handshake a great athlete. Like, yeah. everyone's got their own responsibilities. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, on that, what makes a good coach, Daz? All right. What is the measure of a good coach? And, and let's, let, let's, not, let's, let's generalize it a little bit. Uh, but then let's go into you know weightlifting specifics. Okay. What do you what do you want to see from a coach? What makes them a good weightlifting coach? A, a good coach asks questions. Good. Like you have to ask questions. You can't just if you if you run a scenario where somebody just walks in the door and just starts lifting, and you have acknowledged their presence, you haven't asked how their day is, how they're going, have they eaten well. What do they got on their agenda for the day, for their training agenda for the day, and all that sort of stuff. If you don't even know any of that sort of shit before you what before you start watching someone move, you've already failed them as a coach. You've dead set failed yeah. them because you've got no context for what you're now going to make decisions on. You have no. to have context. So context is is the key of everything. So you've got to ask questions. Therefore, you've got to communicate. You've got to have a goal for the session. And you've got to have yep. a way to record that. And then th- you need those three things. If you haven't got those three things, you don't know what the fuck you're doing yep. as a coach. You're just hanging out. And every now and then you'll just shout out a random fucking yep. cue. Yep. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And what's a good weightlifting coach? Well, you know, actually, let's let's close it in a little bit more. What's a good weightlifting coach in Australia? Yeah. What would make one in Australia a good one? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Well, a, a humble attitude for sure. Yep. Like I know for a fact I don't know everything about weightlifting, but I know what we are doing up till now is working. Yeah. So we're going to stay true to that while we're looking out for better practices. That's that's my role as a coach, always looking for better. And I don't care where yep. it fucking comes from. I don't give a shit. I've learned things from CrossFit coaches and I've learned things from weightlifting coaches. So I'm a, I'm yeah. a technique whore. I'll take it from fucking yeah. wherever. Don't give a shit. I think, the like, be confident. Like, if you're a weightlifting coach, don't limit someone's potential through your own insecurities. So yep. just say somebody comes in and just say you've got a weightlift. Like, I know somebody who has got 125 kilo overhead squat for three reps and comfortable, like, chatting to me while they do it. Just say they walk in your door day one and they've seen Zhao Jun squat jerk. You're yeah. an Australian weightlifting coach. What do you do, Simon? What do you do? Oh, I'm going to – well, if we're being honest about it, I think the stock standard approach would be for a weightlifting coach to go, all right, squat jerks aren't the most beneficial thing for you. 
so I'm going to teach you how to split jerk. And I can see Daz smiling going, fuck you, Simon, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that lifter is going to be squat jerking for the rest of their yeah. life. Yeah. So, yeah. Then, so then what you do, though, is, is, that, <laughs> is that you'll then go, what, what's your split jerk? How much do you split jerk? Yeah. And then they might say, oh, I split jerk 120. And you're like, you fucking oath you do. Or they might say, oh, I split jerk and I can only get 90. Yeah. And then you go, okay, what's your clean? So yep. you just break it all down. Okay, and then you and then you look at it. So then you look at an athlete, and if an athlete's really stable overhead with two feet level, usually that indicates they're going to be very wobbly overhead with one foot in front, one foot behind. So you you look at it. You don't just have a preconceived notion of well, that's pretty, and that's just CrossFit, but we don't squat jerk in our sport. It's too risky. Well, yeah, it might be risky, but that one twenty five squat jerk's better than your fucking person who's been lifting for twenty years and can only jerk one hundred five. Yeah. So, like, you've, as a coach, you've got to have the ability to coach all different ways for all different body types because there is no one way of lifting. That, that, yeah. that is just straight down the line. Now, there's physics that determines a straight bar path for sure, but everyone's got different limb lengths and different torso lengths. Therefore, you have to adjust it. You have to adjust the point of incidence because of those measurements. You can't just say, mm. oh, well, you're going to suck at this sport because you can't pull vertical. It's yeah. like, okay, you've got some issues, but let's, let's fucking fix them. Let, let's get as close to perfect as possible because no one lifts perfect. And, yeah. and what, do you, what do you also know about people who lift perfectly? They, they <laughs> can't. Very, very lightweight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very lightweight and they can't <laughs> save shit. Like yeah. they, they'll dump something that's like, fuck, I think Blind Freddy could have fought for that one. Exactly. Yeah? But it's, you know, it's sort of, Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm digressing. Yeah. But what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Like, you've been around this sport for a fucking long time. Yeah. What, what do you think makes a good Aussie coach? Well, this is, the, this is the, the great debate in my mind. And I think that's, that's, again, one of the things holding us back. We are constantly debating who the best coach is instead of saying who are the best athletes and making the best athletes. Now, for, for me, best coach, well, best coaches around me your best athlete show me your worst athlete show me your elite athletes let's get rid of your elite athletes because they're going to be elite no matter what you do all right they are a special breed of humans yeah they're going to be elite weightlifters they're going to be elite crossfitters they're going to be elite rugby players basketball players it does not matter they were always going to be great yeah all right show me the next level down show me where they came from show me your worst lifter and i don't mean technique or anything i just mean pure results show me where you took them show me where you're going to take them yeah. All right. If 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 your best lifter was once your worst lifter, then I reckon you're a good coach. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what about um, how do you, how do you go breaking that down? Just say and like, what's your approach to what's your approach to coaching a weightlifter compared to coaching a crossfitter when they've both walked in your door on day one? Like, what's your approach? Me uh, again. I I, I want to have some sort of assessment tool. All right. I want to know a little bit about them. I want to know what their goals are. I want to know if they're studying. I want to know if they're working full-time. If they're working full-time, are they doing laboring work? You know, everything to me is a training session. All right? You're studying training session. Bang. That's a stressor. Need to know about this sort of stuff. Yeah. In, my, in my sort of assessment sessions, I'm looking for certain movement patterns that are going to be crucial to the sport. Can you squat? Or you know, are you completely out of whack? Can you deadlift? Can you press? What's your overhead mobility like? What's your overhead squat like? All these sort of things. I'm breaking that down. I am I'm creating my 
understanding my document, my document of this athlete, all right? Without that, I've got nothing. So person walks in day one, nothing, nothing, dead, no weightlifting experience, no nothing. I'm going to teach them how to squat. I'm going to teach them how to deadlift, all right? To me, if, if you can't do that, probably not going to get too far in any sort of sport. All right, the CrossFitter comes in. I've done some weightlifting. Show me how you move. All right, show me how you squat. Show me how you dead. Show me the snatches. Show me your clean and jerks. Show me all that sort of stuff. All right, we'll form a picture. We'll make you better. All right, but again, I've I've said this to many of people that have walked in, many CrossFitters that have walked in at the start when I started looking after CrossFitters. I said, yeah, bloody earth, I'm going to make you a better CrossFitter. I'm going to make you a better snatcher, so it's going to make you a better CrossFitter. A year down the track, they're Massive numbers in the snatch, but they are significantly shit a crossfitter. They cannot rep anything. They, they just can't do it. They can't do 30 snatches anymore because I'm teaching them to move more efficiently than I am effectively for, for their goal. So what you said, day one, what are you doing this for? What do you need to be doing? How many jerks do you need to do? How many snatches do you need to do? How fast do you need to do it? You know, what's your rest periods? What do you need? That's, that's for me. That's what's most important. All right. Uh, if an elite athlete walks in or an elite lifter walks in, what I do is I write on their form, I coach them, and I don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, to me, it's, it's that simple. Know, know who you're training. That's my approach. Okay, so both of us have got a strong opinion on how to coach, and I think I, I like everything you said. What, do you, what, what attitude do you think a weightlifter has to come to the gym with? Oh, I, I'm here to I'm here to do what I'm here to. Do. All right, so I, I don't I don't care. I honestly don't care what you're here to do. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna coach you. If you want to come in and I want to go to a national championship and win a gold medal, I am going to coach you to that success. It might not happen, but I'm going to coach you to that goal. All right, I want to come in and get strong. I'm going to make you strong. All right, and there's a, for a long time that was not how I coached for a long time. It was, Oh, I want to come in to get fit. Cool. You're going to be a national champion. Cause that's the only reason, cause that, that's the only reason I coach. Yeah. But now, now it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, again, it's very much along the lines of Phil Andrews sort of notion. You put a bar in people's hands. They start respecting the barbell a little bit more. Yeah. And before you know it, they're weightlifters. Yeah. But what, what, what do people need to do when they walk into a gym? Be at the gym, be there for a reason. No other reason. Yeah. Uh, it, it shouldn't matter to coaches. Yeah, like I don't know, like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I like what you say because I do know that there's coaches that used to or that still think the way that you used to think. It's like, no, no, mm. you're going to be a purist and you're going to win this title because that title has got no money to it. It's only got prestige to it and it's all me. Yeah, so yeah. I, I see that self-serving um, desire for sure. What happens, how do you manage it? Just say you've got an athlete that athlete has done everything you've said and they've failed at their goal, yep. which may or may not be your goal. Like, how do you manage that situation? Well, I, I like to think that I have some say in their goals. I'm like, I'm not going to tell them to aim for this, but I am going to lead them to something that's realistic. Yeah. Right? Because I think we get to a point where we set long-term goals and don't realize that our short-term and mid-term goals sort of have to add up to that final thing, where it's, I'm going to go to the Commonwealth Games, but in the short-term, I'm just going to aim for this number. And so why don't you aim to get 
you know, technically better, get stronger, better at everything, and you'll get to the Commonwealth Games sort of thing. It's, I just, again, there is always going to be two schools of thought here, and it is I'm paid, I'm not paid. All right, you didn't reach your goal, I'm being paid, I have failed, you haven't failed. Yeah. All right. I'm coaching you. I'm not getting paid. Yeah, it's all on you. You probably just didn't do what I told you to do. <laughs> or you, 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 yeah, you know, it's 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 that simple to me. And I think I think a lot of coaches, again myself included, have been guilty of that over the years, and are still guilty of that. All right. Again, success to them is defined by who the onus is on for training. Right, I reckon if you're if if you're paying your you're paying your coach, you both have a responsibility. One, get what you're paid for. Two, be good at what you do. Yeah, because someone is paying you to do it. Yeah. But um, yeah, what what, what I would like to say, or taking sort of this conversation in the direction of, is let's let's say we have the ideal situation at club level now. All right, our clubs are our clubs are paying coaches. We're producing great athletes. Everyone's communicating. The sport is going really well at club level, even at state level. What's the next step? Because we've seen Phil talk about how their coaching structure works and how they fund their athletes. He talked about one of his main goals for all of his athletes in the American system is that they feel supported. Where do we go? What What are we doing as a as a nation? To ensure that our club's good work doesn't go to waste. Yeah, I don't. I don't think for, through no one's fault at the moment. I don't think we are supporting the the lifters very well. Um, not to say that people aren't trying. Like I, I don't mean it that way. But I think people are just doing what they've done in the past, thinking that that's good, yep. and and it just hasn't evolved with the times. So whether you like it or not, social media is a part of life. There's yep. more challenges in life now, um, you know, getting a, getting free groceries or something while it helps doesn't really help pay other bills and all that sort of stuff. Like the demands on the, on the individual as a general person, let alone an athlete, has evolved. So you can't just fall back on we've always done this, therefore it's good enough for you. It's n- That's not fair. Like I know that happens in rugby a lot. You know, a lot of players are getting paid a lot of money because they're worth it. But and then the old yeah. guard will get a little jealous, you know. Me too. I'll get a little jealous, you know. I didn't get paid that or or all this sort of stuff. But you know, times change. Deal deal with it. Yeah. I think that there should be more learning from other sports in terms of best practice, and there should be listening from other people who have that best practice. Like, um, there's people that the aid that Australian weightlifting community can lean on that have those experiences and and practices, and they can help them implement them. It's not. It's not hard, and it would be free of charge if, yeah. if it came towards this direction. Yeah, we would be happy to help anybody who reaches out. And it's. I think. I think maybe like from the outside coming in, maybe the. Maybe it's time for a change across all structure. Like, well, this is a this is a like a difficult one because I'm certainly not putting shit on any individual. Like I'm not at all. But if, we, if weightlifting in Australia was a rugby club, our, our performance over the last 
decade plus would mean that the coaches, admin staff, president, board directors would get sacked and it, that everyone would come in. Not to say that those people didn't work hard, but it's a res- like other sports are results-based businesses. Yeah. So you always have to get results or you get the sack. Like look at AFL, look at rugby, look at rugby league. The coach wins the premiership or wins the yeah. flag or he doesn't and then he's under the pump and then yeah. he's gone. Like, and I, for, if I was a coach, if I was in a head coach position, I would not like that because it's undue pressure. However, yeah. it's best for the players. It's best for their careers. It's best for the club. It's best for the sport because it drives competition. At the moment, yeah. there, there's no real incentive to produce great athletes. The only, mm. the only incentive is, is to, is, um, a, uh, what's the word? What's the word? The only the only incentive is really like a just a word of mouth one. It's like, oh, mm, yeah, I yeah. produced this this person. Well, so what? Mm. <laughs> like, there's there's no there's no cash incentive to be good. Like, where where is the incentive to be a good weightlifting coach? Well, I I, th- I think it comes from that that whole um, idea is yeah, it, it's this prestige of saying I was an Australian coach or I coached national champion, but you see people doing that, like in volunteer sports. That yeah, they say yeah, I did this, but why are they saying it? Because the next thing is their payoff. Yeah, they're that's going. Right. I that's that's my CV now. That's right. All right, cool. Now pay me because I'm an Australian coach. Yeah, it's but the same. We, we don't do that, mate. I, yeah, and I agree. And it's, you see yeah. the same thing in CrossFit. Also, you'll see, mm. and I and I don't mean to insult anyone who does this. I don't. Mm. But there there are people out there on their Instagram page that say oh, I'm a two times regional athlete or I'm a five mm. times regional. Like honestly, it. It's it's not relevant. It's the because the like if you look at the sport, the sport is CrossFit, CrossFit Games. You're only relevant if you if you go to the CrossFit Games as an athlete. Any step below that is not relevant. But because it is so hard to get there, people do say, "Well, I'm a regional athlete," and and as right. time goes on, that will carry more weight. It has no weight now, but as time goes on, as the competition gets harder, that will actually mean something. It's the same, yeah. like in weightlifting, to it to an to a to an extent. Like to qualify for nationals isn't hard. Like I'm mm. surprised more CrossFitters don't just turn up on the day and qualify because they can. Yeah, if they wanted to, yeah. they really could. So there's no competition driving better performances to to drive better results. Like into and qualifying mm. results too. Like I know when Pip said that she wanted to get into weightlifting, we we're like, okay, what does it take to win a medal? Like we we don't have a, a fucking I just want to participate attitude. It's a yeah. We have a goal orientated attitude. It doesn't mean that you've failed your career if you don't win a medal. That's not what it means. It means yeah. that you've got to have a pathway. Otherwise, you're going to get lost. You can't succeed yeah. without a plan. Um, yeah, but I, I want to no. see, I want to see I want to see the community in Australia have a broad plan. Like, what is our goal? Everyone, all the coaches, got to get together and say. Our goal as a community is to give the best for our athletes. Now, if that means yeah. one particular coach has got to step away, then step the fuck away. Don't don't hold your yeah. athlete back, or push them on to another coach, or learn hmm. something from another coach. Like I, when we were down at the AIS camp um, at the start of the year for the Com Games prep, hmm. um, I had a couple of coaches come up to me and ask me how we how we. Um, Train certain aspects of the sport and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was great. That was that was really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's a, it's 
like in one side of me, it's a little frustrating because now they're going to implement that and their lifters are going to think they got better through them, but it was through me. Yeah. Because I'm a professional, yeah. I'm like, fuck, I need yeah. to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. So I just invoice them, invoice them. Yeah, I'll invoice them. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. So I understand that, but I, took that, I take that on the chin as, you know, I'm, I'm helping, contributing to the greater good. Because competition is yeah. only going to make my lifters have to perform better, which means they have to train better, which means I have to get better as a coach. Like competition is a good thing. You can't, you can't just be yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, sitting on your laurels in the middle of nowhere and you've got lifters through geographical advantage thinking you're a great coach. Yeah. Like that's, that's not what you do. Right, well, how about this? To wrap this up, yeah, hopefully in the next few minutes, I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> i got nothing because, else to do. Uh, this could go for another five hours. Yeah, I know, but we, we probably want to, you know, save some material for a, a couple more episodes. Uh, I thought the business, the businessman, and you would have seen that. But yeah, yeah, head coach, can, can we have one? Uh, Do we need one? And is it going to be sustainable? And well, you know, let's go further. What sort of system is it going to work? Mate, I think Phil Phil's got like the. I think what Phil um, demonstrated that USA do, I think, is the way to go. It's, it's have a nominated yep. head coach who's got pedigree behind them um, dictating overall strategies in competitions and overall outlooks or a macro view of what they want to do with the sport for that calendar year. And then they communicate with the personal coaches on how that particular lifter is going to best achieve those goals. That That's yeah. what I think. That I think it's the only way forward. I think that money should then... Like that, that's a paid position, clearly, and because it's paid, it's accountable. So just say we, we had Piros, and yep. it's like, right, mate, we want to win medals. And when, in the job interview, he says, oh, yes, I totally think that Australia can win medals. Okay, great. He gets yep. the job. We don't get medals. We sack him. Like yep. there's accountability there. It's not just yep. uh, you can't have positions with no accountability. You can't do that. Like um, – like at, at the moment in Australia, we, we nominate head coaches and assistant coaches and team managers and it goes, yeah. it goes around and, and there's, it seems like there's no accountability for results. Yeah. Like we've had a couple of Australian trips in the last three years that I've had lifters involved with where the competition, like we've failed. We've failed to achieve our objectives. But then those same head coaches will then get picked again. Although like... I don't I'm, – I'm not putting shit on them personally. Like, I don't understand how that's happening. I don't yeah. understand how if you fail, you still get to do the job because that's not my, uh, my background, understanding. Yeah. So if, if we're hiring someone from within Australia, uh, one, do you think there's someone that's qualified to do it? And two, what sort of term are we giving them? Are, are we saying, all right, yeah, you're going to promise us medals? When are you promising us medals? And how, how far into that term do we go, well, this is just not going to happen? Do we see it out or is it, um, yeah, is it as cutthroat as sort of uh, the English Premier League in soccer? Yeah. Well, I, I like the I like a, an Olympic cycle. I like a four-year cycle. Yep. Just same how rugby yep. works with um, like the Rugby World Cup. So you've got four years and that yep. four years means that the head coach, oh, first of all, no, there's no one in Australia who's qualified for that job because if I was interviewing applicants, they must have coached athletes to have won gold medals. I don't give a fuck if that person themselves is a retired athlete. That doesn't mean they can coach. I want coaches yeah. who have coached medals. That's what I want. Oh. So okay. presently in Australia, no, there's no one that fits the bill. 
in in my opinion, it doesn't look. I'm not pissing anyone off, but in my criteria, mm. no one no one fits it because I want. And we're, we're talking. What are we talking? Are we are we talking world championship medals, Commonwealth Games medals, Olympic medals? I'm talking Olympics. I uh, pure. Uh, yep. Pure Olympics. Cool. That's just cool. my criteria. The, but, yep. but there's results. Um, so I like a four year cycle, an Olympic cycle, and the reason I like four years is because we get someone in straight after current Olympics. We interview them, we give them the job. Now, that person straight away starts liaising with every club in Australia, every potential club in Australia, starts liaising with those coaches, those head coaches, and the athletes within them. So they need to have symposiums with the athletes themselves, symposiums with the coaches. With On the coach's side of things, he needs, he or she needs to, to educate, instill, and impose what they want when those personal coaches select athletes. So this is the athlete we want in terms of body shape and background that we want because I know this converts to medals. That's one side of the fence. On the athlete side, this he or she is going to communicate to them and say, this is the life of a medal-winning weightlifter. Can you do it? Are you available to do it? Are you prepared to do it? And give them snippets that way. Well, look, I agree. And, you know, all I really want out of a system is to have a system, a sustainable system. And the only way we're going to do that is if we get the right person for the job. Now, I've been around the sport for a long time. I don't necessarily know who is best for the role. Uh, But someone who's done it before and can show us a way to get there has to be the best candidate. That's just my opinion. And want to point out that, you know, there are a lot of – uh, political factions out there and we are, we are not aligned with any of them this is purely a discussion and we'd love to hear people's thoughts on this sort of stuff so please write into us give us a like share on facebook let's get the discussion happening and i'm stealing this because this is a thing i like let's be <laughs> let's not be destructive let's be productive with our comments all right we are not trying to take people down we are trying to build people up build a system up that's it, mate. Yeah, everyone, everyone who exists in weightlifting right now has the ability to have a positive culture at their club and influence the clubs around them positively. And yeah. if you know, if you're involved with somebody who's always been destructive, then what is that tells you more about them than who they're talking Ooh. about? Absolutely. All right. So I reckon we wrap it up for for today. All right. Again, if you if you like what we're saying, give us a like, follow, download the podcast, share it. We will be back with another episode within the week. All right. Daz, do we have any guests lined up? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> On the fly, how we like it. No, we've got, we've got guests lined up, but um, send yep. us, we do when we're pretty booked for the next couple of months. But if you've got somebody out there you'd like to hear from, um, send us a message. Yeah, and, and on that topics as well. We're, we're always happy to go off topic, so... Uh, yeah, send us in anything you'd like to, like us to discuss or rant about. You know, we do that free of charge. Yeah, as you can tell. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Simon. All right, thanks, Daz. Take it easy, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah.